Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is December the 3rd, and our chapter for today is Hebrews chapter 13. Well, before the Apostle Paul, again, that I believe wrote this book, that is, he dictated it to Luke, his amanuensis, and Luke styled it according to his own God-given experiences and style, but the Holy Spirit superintended everything that Luke wrote down so that he wrote down the very words of God. And so before Paul closes this book, he admonishes these brethren who he believed would be tempted to turn back under fire and persecution to the rudimentary elements of Judaism, that is, of separations, of trying to do things many times that were not Torah but Talmudic. And those things did not bring about the peace of God and unity within the body. And during a time of great persecution, that is when the church of Jesus, like no other, needs to come together. That is during the times of great persecution that the church has flourished throughout the world. One of the greatest and most dynamic churches today in the world is in communist China. One of the reasons for that is they must have unity and fellowship together. Now, that doesn't mean uniformity, that is, that everyone's just alike, or that everyone believes 100% of what everyone else believes, but what it does mean that there is unity on the essentials of the faith and that they were not to turn away from that. Because when you're going through hard times, times of great breaking, times of shattering and battering and bruising because of persecution, the Apostle Paul encouraged them to do what they were already doing. That's what he says in chapter 13 and verse 1. He says, let brotherly love continue. Now that is a present imperative. That means they were already doing something and he commanded them to continue. That is, they were already treating one another in a proper way. The word there is the word philos. That means that they were not just loving as in commitment to each other, but they were truly liking one another and fellowshipping with one another. What we would say, they were hanging out together. And he said, please let that continue. Don't stop that because what people need in a time of crisis, not always is just what we can say, but just our presence there. He says, let brotherly love continue. And then he said, do not forget to entertain strangers. Hospitality, as we will see in our next series of podcasts in 1 Peter and in the book of James, was to be done without partiality, without hypocrisy. They were to continue, and so are we to entertain those and give hospitality to those who come our way. 
And during the days of the first century, this was critical because many were being run out of their cities, out of their villages, and they had to many times flee. As those who are persecuted in our present age, they had to flee with just what they had on their back or very few and precious possessions. And so the Apostle Paul said, don't forget to entertain those and help those and encourage those and take those in who are suffering persecution especially those that you don't know. You see, it's easy to be good to those that we know, those that we already have a relationship with. But if the church of Jesus is going to be what it needs to be, we have to always be aware that there are those out there that desperately need to be loved. And he gives a cautionary tone in verse 2 when he says, For by doing so, some have not knowingly, unwittingly entertained messengers of God. You say, well, is that earthly messengers or divine messengers? The answer, I believe, is yes. Sometimes God sends divine messengers our way to test us, to not bring out the bad in us, not tempt us, but to test us, to bring out the good in us, to give us an opportunity to do what we all know to do to begin with, and that is be good to people, help people, encourage people, be kind to people, even if we do not know them. And then he says, remember the prisoners as if chained with them. That is, remember people and do the best you can, the best I can, to walk in their shoes. You see, we have a tendency to judge everything by our own experiences and to try to make judgments based upon our limited ideas about things. What the apostle is saying is, Be careful and always try to look at life from someone else's perspective. Try to walk in their shoes. Try to get their perspective. And so he said those who are in prison, and he's not talking about people who are in prison for doing evil or doing bad things, but for doing righteous and godly things, for doing good. There's a big difference in that. Now, does that mean that we're not to be good to those who have been wicked and evil and we don't need to visit those who are in prison and have done wrong? Absolutely not. We need to reach out in Jesus' name to them, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about those who, because of doing right and living for Jesus and being a good soldier of Christ, they have been mistreated. That's interesting that the word, those who are mistreated, is in the perfect passive. That means that they were continually at that day, in that hour, being mistreated. That is, it was not part of their doings. It was someone else acting upon them. And he says, you all are part of the body also, and so are they. And you see, we cannot run from people and be ashamed of people who are doing the right thing. And there is a tendency in the West today that when someone is persecuted or someone is assaulted or someone is talked about that is unpopular, but they're just doing what Jesus said to do, that God's church has a tendency to turn from them because they don't want to be painted with the same brush that they are. This is why the Apostle Paul often said to Timothy and others, don't be ashamed of my chain. 
In other words, Paul might not have been liked by everyone, but you have to stop and ask the question, why did they not like Paul? Why did they mistreat him? Because he was bad? No, but because he was seeking to live a godly life and to be a messenger of Jesus. We may not always go along with how people present the gospel, but we have to ask ourselves the question, are they presenting the gospel and representing Jesus? If so, then we need to encourage them them in the way. Verse 4 says, marriage is honorable in all. And he's talking about, so that no one misunderstands, he said, among all and the bed is undefiled. And he's drawing a contradistinction between those who are fornicators and adulterers. And he says, God will deal with them. Now, what is the difference between a fornicator and an adulterer? Fornication in the Bible usually refers to sex before marriage. Adultery, on the other hand, usually refers to sexual relations with someone outside of the marriage bond while you are still married. And so that is the distinction here. But he said marriage is honorable in all. And he's talking about sexual relations, not just marriage. And that's obvious by his admonition that God will judge fornicators and adulterers. And so he said, let your conduct be without covetousness. Now, I think that's in relationship to what he just said in verse 4, and that means whoever you're with, be content with them, And let your manner of life, your behavior, that's what conduct is referring to here, and not covet someone else's wife or someone else's husband, but be content with such things as you have. For the Bible says, God himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so God is with us. We can be content. And he said, because of this, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will do to me. And then in verse 7, along with verse 17, he gives an admonition about leaders. He said, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you. Now, he's making that synonymous. He said, remember those who rule over you, who lead you. It's not the idea of being a dictator is the idea of lovingly leading someone. Remember those who lovingly lead you. Who are those people? Those are the ones who have spoken the word of God to you, who have taught you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, don't just look at what they say. Those who are true loving leaders, they are up for scrutiny. So you need to look at them. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will help those who are leading to be the kind of godly men that they need to be. And you need to look at their lifestyle as well as what they say, simply because they are going to give an account. That's why he says in verse 17, obey, listen to, submit to those who lead you, be submissive to them, that is, get in your proper order, for they watch for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, because if they have to give a bad report of you before God, that's not going to be bad for them. It's going to be bad for you, for me, those of us who are in submission to their leadership. 
You see, God doesn't like us messing with those that he sends to lead us. Now, that doesn't mean that they're perfect. That doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes. That doesn't mean that we are to walk in lockstep with everything that they say. But it does mean when they are teaching and preaching to us the word of God that we need to be submissive because they are watching for our souls and they're going to take a lot of licks. They're going to take a lot of grief and be given a lot of grief just simply because they are trying to do the will of God. And then he ends up saying, pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things. And he was talking about not just concerning them, but Paul, I believe the aged was saying, this is important. I've done all I can to be what God wants me to be and to live honorably. But I pray that I'll be able to see you soon. And isn't this the way it is with true believers? Many times I have been overseas or I've been in another state, people I haven't known ever, and I meet them, and within an hour, I am connected to them, and they become lifelong friends as though we have known one another all of our lives. What a blessing, what a difference Jesus makes in our lives. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.